Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL's toll-free call-in line here on Free Talk Live's live Saturday night edition. It's Mark with you. And Stephanie. I know you're not used to live programming on Saturday evenings. There's so little of it uh, here in the United States. There's just not that much at all. I think Free Talk Live is the only open lines current events show live right now in America. I could be wrong, at least nationally syndicated. Uh, there's certainly somebody uh, who's uh, you know broadcasting to cows, cornfields, and things like that. Uh, give us a call at 855-450-FREE. Not that we're not broadcasting. We love corn here on Free Talk Live. Speak for yourself, Mark. <laughs> That's I'm not right. a big fan. <laughs> you don't eat corn. <laughs> you're on that uh, paleo diet, uh, the 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 not carb. Yeah, there's diet. a kernel of truth to what you're saying. That's really funny. Yeah, well, <laughs> we're gonna season our uh, season our verbiage with puns here. <laughs> so, um, we had a story that we were talking about before the show here, and it's about the EPA. Now, the EPA has been getting a bad rap here with the Republicans running for um, office, running for the highest office in the land, and I think that it is deserved. At the same time, I think that Republicans shouldn't position themselves as – I mean, the, the first thing you need to say is, I like clean air, clean water. I want to see cleaner uh, land and, and environment. But I think that the EPA is bad at it. Mm-hmm. And, well, why is the EPA bad at it? Well, because, because they get some – they don't have the marketplace giving them um, direction in the way that businesses do. If you run a business and you do it poorly, the marketplace is going to give you direction. By direction, I mean they're not going to do business with you, and you're going to need to change or die. Yeah. The EPA has a monopoly and violence to support their monopoly. If you don't do what the EPA says, people with guns will come and take you away. And, and there's that's essentially violence. nothing that you can do about it either. Well, there's I suppose no you could shoot it out with them and lose. Yeah, you're going to lose. And yeah, uh, I think that even people who think of the EPA as a good thing and a necessary thing in this world where there might be some people who would infringe on the property rights of others and try to hurt the environment and, you know, maybe have do things that would legitimately cause harm to other people. I think when people who think the EPA is necessary and uh, does a, a good job doing what it does when they hear this article, they may think twice about it. So let's get right into it. This is from. Uh, worldnetdaily.com EPA to property owner your land is our land $40 million in fines pending over plan to build new home $40 million in fines pending over a plan to build a new home $40 million. yeah I mean this okay. is really unbelievable so it says just imagine you want to build a home so you buy a $23,000 piece of land in a residential subdivision in your hometown and get started the government then tells you to stop and threatens you with $40 million in fines and is not kidding. That's the case now before the U.S. Supreme Court with briefs being filed today by the Pacific Legal Defense Foundation, I'm sorry, the Pacific Legal Foundation on behalf of a Priest Lake, Idaho family, Chantel and Mike Sackett. The attorney who will be arguing before the high court in this case says it's simply a case of government run amok. And come it, up, come up, come up. <laughs> right. And it poses a potential threat to perhaps not... Every landowner across the nation, but untold millions. Well, I think the DPA uh, poses a threat to untold millions already. Oh, yeah. Just uh, wait till you hear this. I mean, there's something to do with the property being on a wetland or something like that. It's and, always something like that. <laughs> you know. But and how, how many people's properties have wetlands on them? Sure. You know? And, you know, I mean, I think that the rule is you can't build within 50 feet of the wetland or something like that. And it really makes you wonder what happens if the creek moves. 
Yeah, you know, they, this happens. My, oh, my well, creek changed uh, changed courses. I don't even know what to call it. I mean, it went from <laughs> one bed to another, and it does this just every when it feels like it. And it's declared by government decree where the wetlands are and what they are and what yep. defines one. So, you know, some some of them are declared as wetlands, but they're not actually wet, and they don't have any creatures on them. But yet, they're sub. It makes the property property owner subject to the EPA's arbitrary rule. I was looking at some land in Florida to to build a project, and um. You know, they the the real estate agent said, you know, if you see basically uh, the guy I was talking to said, if you see a scrub jay, shoot it and bury it as quickly as you possibly can, yeah. which, you know, just to me says that these regulations put out by the EPA endanger the animals that it's supposed to protect. I don't know how many scrub jays are left. I've got no idea. But the question is, if I personally have put up, oh, close to my life savings in order to to build this, you know, dream home or condominium project that I hope to make some money off of or something like that, and there's a little family of birds living on the land and I've got to decide it's either the birds or my fortune, <laughs> how many people are going to say, oh, well, we do love birds, yeah. I mean, you know, I just I think that this I, do you really want to put in place laws that make it a zero sum game? Yeah. And not only that, but for people who actually do care about the environment and care about animals, I'm not saying you don't, but for people who really love animals, this actually puts the animals in more danger because now people who have them on their property have an incentive to get rid of them, right? <laughs> There's a, um, a, a piece in Mary Warrett's great book, uh, Healing Our World, which talks about ways to actually heal um, the, our world as opposed to using political solutions, which are generally violence. So they're mm-hmm. usually pitting neighbor against neighbor. Yep. Um, and where they're talking, she's talking about different countries, one where they have laws to protect elephants. And others where you can farm elephants, mm-hmm. you know, in the same way that we farm cattle. And the poachers, let me guess, <laughs> have you ever seen an endangered cow in this country? Right. Yeah. I mean, you know. <laughs> that's basically how it's going to go. Right. And, and, you know, I mean, they put protections on trees, but, you know, carrots are grown, uh, you know, uh, by everybody. And anybody wants carrots. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is this is really the idea. If you want to protect particular animals, you need to let people use them as farm animals and that kind of thing here in new hampshire for instance you can have um deer that are non-indigenous for whatever reason to grow them and for meat or whatever it is that you want to have a deer a deer for a farm of deers mm-hmm. um but you can't have the indigenous deer or moose well huh. don't you think people would like to have a, a you know a moose petting zoo or something like that people but, come to new hampshire i've lived in new hampshire five years i have never seen a live moose i saw a moose i was lucky enough to uh, see th- one but, there you go but the thing is i mean you know, pe- people can pay the government for permits that allow them to be able to shoot meese or moose, however sure. you say it, right? So you can pay the government and shoot moose, but you can't farm moose, and that doesn't make any sense at all. Doesn't make any. And it's as if the government owns everything that there is. And, you know, it it wouldn't be, I think, in in a world where we didn't have a government agency that was protecting these little critters and trying to ensure that the environment stays um, pristine and a good habitat for lots of different species, you know, it wouldn't be just people farming and selling animals or eating them or selling their uh, tusks or whatever. I think there would also be people who would buy up preserves, right, and kind of make these Ecotourism is huge right now. It's a, it's, Tourism, it's a, is that what you said? Ecotourism. Okay, I thought you said ecoterrorism. Ecotourism <laughs> is huge. People are paying George Bush moment there. huge, huge <laughs> money to go visit different places. <laughs> go on with the story, if you would, please. Okay. The Sacketts, uh, Schiff said, bought property, and the government, in effect, has ordered them to treat the property like a public park. And that's really true. They really do treat the they really do treat your private property as if they own yep. it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. 
Oh, uh, please call in and tell me what the government doesn't own here in America. Tell yeah. me the thing the government doesn't own because I don't know. There's a case I think to they be own made. you. Yeah, there's a case to be made for sure. They certainly act like it anyway. Well, I mean, what's the evidence of ownership is control. Yeah. People act like the government controls them. They, well, uh, they give people, them the- people who don't know what we're talking about. I mean, think about your home, your car, everything that you own. You you pay a, a fee every year. You pay property taxes on your home. Which or if you're that, a renter, then your landlord does. Right. You know? And what about your car? You pay to register it every year for the privilege of driving it. You yes. pay uh, well, you pay, excise You pay taxes a tax in order to purchase it. Yep. Um, so one could claim that the tax in, uh, is a sales tax and it's paid to by the seller. Yeah, but uh, the when there's seller. a yearly fee every year to register, register it. You, it. you can I mean, own your car. You just can't drive it. Yeah. <laughs> without giving ownership <laughs> to the government. I mean, because basically you're, you're... Well, and if you restrict the way that someone can use something that they own, then how are you going to say that they actually own it? But of course, the place that you're going to park it, the land on which you would park that car, you must pay um, a quit rent or a yeah. um, you know a yearly fee or yearly rent. Uh, we call it a property tax if you want. But yeah. so I mean, how can you own anything if you can't put it anywhere? Exactly. So the EPA has not paid them a dime for the privilege to basically treat their property however they want. The regime we have operating now allows the EPA to take property without having to pay for it or giving the owners the right to their day in court. So you think the EPA? You think it's a good organization? Should it stick around exactly the way it is? Come in, call in and defend it. 855-450-FREE. Are you a cigarette smoker? I was too for many years. You know that crap's going to kill you, right? There's a healthier option. 22,000 times healthier. Vaporsmiths.com. A pack-a-day smoker will save $120 a month and it tastes better. No more ashtray mouth. No smell. No secondhand smoke. You could use it just about anywhere. Free shipping on orders over $60 and a free starter kit with the purchase of 40 cartomizers with coupon code FTL. Call 855-2-GET-VAPOR or go to Vaporsmiths.com. Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. We're reading an article here on the, the EPA and their predations upon the average citizen. Those that are caught in the, the grist mill that is the government, grinding and destroying people's livelihoods and lives, in some cases, bodies. Um, we're going to get back to that article, but the Free Talk Live is the show about your calls, and you can listen to Free Talk Live in so many different ways. You can find out those different ways by going to listen.freetalklive.com. Not only are we on more than 100 great radio stations around the country and on XM Satellite and Free to Air Satellite, but we also have, of course, a live stream on the Internet, um, the webcam at cam.freetalklive.com, where you can see that we're waving at the camera. You can see myself and uh, Stephanie. And the listen lines. You can actually call a telephone number and listen to Free Talk Live on your phone if that's what you wish to do, if you have no other way of listening. So listen.freetalklive.com. Let's go to Joshua in Oklahoma. Joshua, can you hear us? Yes, I hear you fine. Great. You you're, yes, you're on Free Talk Live. What is on your mind? Oh, I was following that conversation about uh, property taxes with great interest. And I, I, I want to slightly disagree where you said control is the evidence of ownership. Okay. Uh, that's lar- largely true. I want to take that a step further and say the one who can charge money for the use of something is very clearly and definitely the owner. That's kind of what I mean by control, though. Money. I mean, mm-hmm. that, you know, if they can charge money for the use of it, they must control it. Uh, yeah. 
I just think it's clear evidence. Okay. Yeah, okay. That makes I sense. don't disagree with what you're saying. You're just putting a finer point on it. Go right ahead. I'm sorry. I like fine points. Mm-hmm. Uh, excuse me. Even the socks and underwear you're wearing right now, they claim the right to tax. They just give you a, a personal property exemption on your property taxes. You're, wow. you're absolutely right about this. If they can tax you for the uh, the property that your business uses to produce things, if they can tax you on your home, if they can tax you on your car for driving on their road, they can do anything they want. If they can tax you, period. If they can charge you one penny for doing one thing that you didn't ask for, contract for, uh, are in no way obligated to do sort of from a moral basis, then they own you. Right, but we all know yeah. that... They charge a lot more than one penny. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's because they want more than one penny. Well, this is the fallacy of limited government. If government is powerful enough to take your money when you don't want to pay or to put you in prison for something you don't believe was wrong, then you cannot control it. There's no such thing as limited government. Yeah, I completely agree. <laughs> and it's, I, it seems I, evident I, I, from, from what we can observe in society, right? I mean, they will tax anything that they can get away with. Yep. Any right. any government that's big enough to uh, – I mean, that's that's really the fallacy uh, of this sort of – the government that we have developed over time. I, I believe that one needs controls uh, – that people need controls on their behavior. Um, absolutely. If you want to call that government, I'm all for that. However, um, I think that – if you impose upon someone else through taxation, and that's what I really consider to be the problem, um, you know, I mean, I, I think that if somebody harms someone else, yes, they should, you know, they're, they're subject to harm or incarceration or, um, you know, rep- reparations or whatever it is. But if they haven't done anything to anyone else, why in the world do I have to pay taxes to upkeep your system that you've said that, you know, this is this is the best one in the world? And the, the voluntariness is really at the heart of this. We had a, a voluntary defense association where we all you know, provided whatever financial support, or we did time in the military on a rotating basis or whatever. When our kids turn 18, if we say, here's our law, here's our way of life, you can take that, or you can take this plane ticket to anywhere in the world with 50 grand in cash to get you started. Which one do you want? I mean, that would be fair. That would be fair. It would be voluntary. And, and then if they stay and they break the law, you can come down on them as hard as is appropriate without qualms of conscience. You agreed to this. I suppose, yeah, I suppose that makes more sense than, than anything else. Joshua, I really appreciate the call. I'm calling in a live free talk live live Saturday edition at 855-450-3733. It's Mark with you. And Stephanie. Let's go to John in Madison, Wisconsin. John. Yeah, hi. Actually, it's a little town called Prairie Du Sac. Uh, but well, we'll be by for dinner. Great. <laughs> Um, I, I have a situation where I am, uh, painting a house right on the main street. It's a beautiful, big Victorian, and I'm doing it for rent. And the boom truck that I'm using leaks hydraulic fluid all over the place. Gotcha. I mean, it's raining down. Okay. Mm. And the landlord basically went to the farmer that, uh, that, uh, is loaning it to him and said, come on over and fix this. I said, you know, I'm, I'm a little worried about my safety and the environment. Uh, they came over and said, ah, these things rain all over the place. That's what they do. You're going to be fine. And um, that just seems absolutely ridiculous to me to rain this hydraulic fluid. I'm literally 15 yards away from the 
Wisconsin River. Yeah. And uh, if not the EPA, then who? Uh, I think that that's an excellent question, John. Yeah. That's absolutely the question. If not the EPA, then who? And who? The, right, who? And the, the, the fact is that government has, for more than 400 years, I believe it was a, a common law case back in the 1500s, um, you know, you're still operating under the Magna Carta at that point, <laughs> um, that the king created these uh, star chamber courts that operated outside of the common law courts and basically passed a law that said that you cannot, I think it was uh, suing the, I think it was apple groves, um, that for whatever reason people believe these apple groves were polluting their land around them. You should be able to take someone to court who pollutes your land. And if you, for instance, the landlord doesn't care that he's polluting his land, that's fine and dandy. But there's land right next door. And I suspect that if the pollution is of any measurable amount, that it's going to affect the river that's right next door or the uh, the other people's land that's right next door. And those people would have the ability to sue the landlord. However, governments have created all along, they've created these protections and then... You know, just like government does, it breaks your leg and then hands you a crutch, and then it creates something to solve the problems that it created. Well, the government and the military are the biggest polluters, yes, actually, right. in, in fact, and we can't forget the that. The United but... States government is the largest polluter um, on, on Earth. And they and protect themselves them to pre- protect yourself, for protect their you. ability okay. to okay. pollute other people's property and not face consequences. But, you know, I think we also have to remember... What if the APA were involved in a situation like this where there's a truck that's leaking hydraulic fluid and it's near a river? What would the EPA do if they got called in? And I think they would do the only thing that they know how to do. And, you know, the the phrase whenever when you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail comes to mind. I think probably what they would do is, you know, f- make some kind of injunction to stop the painting immediately and condemn all the land and m- declare it a super fun site and spend millions of hundreds of millions of dollars to clean it up. And all this um, all this stuff where, you know, the, the situation might be solved in another way that's a little bit more creative and doesn't harm so okay. many people but in the my, process. My question is, my question is. We pay them with our taxes to come and and do the research. What am I supposed to do? Go pay some private company $2,000 to come over and decide if there's enough poison? I think that if you... I can't afford that. Well, you can't because no. you're taxed to death. The average American pays um, pays taxes until the middle of May. Well, no, and you can't choose to pay the EPA either. But, I mean, if you're concerned about it, have you thought about uh, just putting in, like, a pan underneath the leak to try to catch the fluid or something like that? It's or? all over the place. It's on the boom. It goes all over the yard. Oh, I, 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 it I, when, it'll spray. It can't be okay. caught. It's, he's absolutely right about that. And, I, you know, he, the, the question is, if not the EPA, then who? And I'm with him on this one. John, thank you for the call. 855 455 This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Pure Life Water, helping you drink better and live better by providing a zero-calorie alternative to sugary drinks. Visit us at nestle-purelife.us. When kids are playing, they often don't want to stop to keep hydrated. So send them out with a bottle of water and encourage them to take frequent drink breaks or call them inside for a quick sip. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash your family today. Free Talk Live. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line here on Free Talk Live's live Saturday night edition. 
It's Mark with you. And Stephanie. And we've been uh, talking to you about, well, you know, the EPA and uh, how people might solve problems without it. Perhaps using the tort system as it has been, frankly, done. It was done for a thousand years beforehand. Let's go to Sylvia in Indianapolis, Indiana. Sylvia. Hello. How are you? What would you like to talk about? Well, this is going to lead up to what I call tonight a priest asked for prayer for some hospital here. I probably, and he said, call your congressman, da, 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 da. And for years, I have begged people, you've got to wake up. And I believe that it's the people's fault for not, for giving them so much power. If the people had risen up like they have now, years ago, we wouldn't be in this problem. And I am so happy to hear you talk about it. Sylvia, I'm a little confused about what you're saying. First, you start off by talking about a priest asking for prayers. I'm talking, I was building up to the government. Okay, so when you said them, giving them power, the people giving them power, you mean the government. The government. Okay, so what would you suggest as far as rising up? What does that mean? Because I'm not for violence. I'm for peace. Well, heck, I didn't mean that. Okay. I meant praying and to call our congressman. (laughs) I wonder which is more effective. Oh, I think they're both very ineffective. (laughs) (laughs) Now we're all ineffective because... They have the power, and if something isn't done to change the regime that's in there now, uh, God help us, because the country is so bad now, but if he has four more years, goodbye. Yeah, well, I'm no fan of... I just meant goodbye, everybody. Okay, (laughs) goodbye, Sylvia, I appreciate it. Um, 855-450-3733. You know, I... It seems like people have been praying and contact their congressman for a long time, and Actually, 200 years, and it. Really I think hasn't that there are much. a lot of bad solutions in how to deal with uh, the monopoly known as government today in America. And mm-hmm. that's the problem is that a monopoly isn't going to respond to suggestions, yep. which is essentially what calling your congressman is. And um, voting. <laughs> voting is, you know, it, it's, I think that it's a bit more than a suggestion, but not much more. Um, largely, it's uh, statistically insignificant. Your vote mostly doesn't count because. Mostly candidates don't win by one vote. Um, I understand where Sylvia is coming from. I think the flaw there is is that the government is, is, is intended to be an organization to mediate disputes between people. So how can the people rise up against an organization that is intended to mediate disputes between them? I mean, well, as, it, I mean, as that also... organization, it, it intentionally – that's what it does is it pits different groups against each other vying for the power that is government. Yeah, and as you said before, Mark, it's a it's a monopoly, and so there is no accountability. If the government does something that people don't like, they there's not much they have to say about it, right? I'm not a big fan of uh, most of the the people that are running for office uh, for presidential office right now. I mean, I don't. So people are going to say that we're we're negative and we're not giving any solutions. But for me, I think that part of the reason why I'm on the show tonight is that. I think that the only way things will actually ever change is if people have the philosophical underpinnings and the ideas of liberty yeah. in their minds. And it starts there. You really. can't, I, I can't change the world until I can change people's minds. And as long as people believe... I don't that, even think it's necessary to change their minds. All it takes is to present them with these ideas. I think a lot of people are already 
liberty oriented. They just maybe don't know it or haven't been presented explicitly. Sure, but if the if the accusation is is that we are negative, then I must talk about what is uh, you know going on for me. Sure. And I agree with you that you really you cannot change anyone's mind. Only people can change their own minds. They do have to be presented with information likely that they've never heard before. Yep. Let's go to Aaron in Missouri. Aaron. Aaron, can you hear me now? Yes, I can hear you. Can you what's, hear me? Yep, what's on your mind? Um, it's great listening to you all. I found you guys about a month ago. I wish I found you all years ago. Um, <laughs> you've done wonderful things for my blood pressure. I'm not screaming at the radio nearly as much as I used to. Wow, that's great to uh, hear. Uh, I was calling, I, I, two years back I read a book called Freehold. And the taxation system they had in there was... Is this, was is a, this a Michael... Is, hold on just a second. Is this the Michael Z. Williamson um, fiction book about a, a, a planet uh, other than Earth where, you know, they have a, a sort of libertarian government? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And, the, and the tax they had there was a 500, like a 500 credit head tax paid every year. And it was completely voluntary. Um, you didn't have to pay it at all. But if you didn't pay it, you didn't get government services. That, you know, we're very limited anyway. I wouldn't call it taxation at that point. I mean, yeah, taxation exactly. is a is a term for. I mean, we have it's a subscription essentially, right? Or a fee. Right? You know, I mean, yeah. that's what yeah. it, that's 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 what it boils down to. And one really has to ask oneself if, um, you know, if if you're in a, a geographic area, call it a county or a town or whatever, and there's a guy who say doesn't have any kids, doesn't want any kids, isn't going to send uh, his anybody to school. Why should that? And that guy doesn't want to pay for your public school. Why should that guy have to pay? I mean, really, you're going to take you're, oh, you're willing it's to part of the social contract, Mark. You're right, it's, it's, wait, wait, right. I didn't sign the social contract. <laughs> <laughs> Did, right. Nobody. A, a contract has uh, reciprocal, um, you know, obligations. I, I yeah. have an obligation. The other person has an obligation. The Supreme Court has ruled time and time again. The government has no obligation to provide you with any service. They yeah. may do so if they choose, but there is no contract because they have no obligation. So and of course, that person that you mentioned before who doesn't have any kids and doesn't necessarily want to pay for the schools shouldn't be obligated to. But that's not to say that they might not choose to give voluntarily and support people's children with scholarships or other charitable. I give to all kinds of different organizations. And not to mention that if schools were actually in the free market, they would be a lot cheaper. Aaron? Yes. um, I agree completely with what you just said. And the only thing I have to say about that Freehold book, that's the book that first opened my eyes to the possibility of uh, libertarianism or whatever you want to call it. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've interviewed Michael Z. Williams, the author of that book. I'm actually, he's a Facebook friend. Um, well, Aaron, I have, thanks for I the have call. a question actually about that book. Do you know? Do you happen to know this, Mark? Did I wonder if people chose to opt out under that system? Did most people subscribe to the government services, or did they opt out? Um, and were there able to be competing governments? There weren't very many government services in mm-hmm. that particular book. And um, as I recall, and it's been probably five years since I read it. As I recall, basically what you were um, it was it was you know organization kind of like a lions club is what the government ended yep. up being yeah but was there more than one were they competing I'm they didn't he didn't really that. talk about competing ones they you know there were certification organizations and stuff like that because i imagine it wouldn't it, the the less competition there would be the worse it would be and the more people would probably want to opt out <laughs> let's go to seth in florida seth hey. what's on your mind um just what's last this night this morning uh i had a run-in with the police. Okay. Um, I was driving at about 1.30 a.m., and uh, I'm 17 years old, so in Florida that's illegal. Okay. And, wow. Uh, Did, so you weren't hurting anyone, Scott, right? It's just so your, it's Seth. your age. Oh, I'm sorry, Seth. Um, the, it was just your age and the time? Yeah. 
I, I was going, even going the speed limit and everything. Wow. And I got pulled over for having a broken headlight. Did you have a broken headlight? Yes. Okay. Mm. You should always have uh, both headlights working. It's, uh, it's a good way to conduct yeah. your vehicle. <laughs> it could have gone out that day. I, I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know. Go ahead, Seth. Uh, but then um, the officer told me to find someone to drive me home. He wouldn't even let me drive home. Mm. And so... Is I the car yours? Who, yes. Okay. And I called a friend who is 18, and uh, he said he would be on his way, but ended up not coming. Oh, no. And you were stuck out there. an hour later, uh, the officer still there said that... Uh, what were you doing out at that time of night? I was just going to get a milkshake with my friend. I got you. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I, I, I think you should have the right to be able to go get a milkshake. I think that these uh, these these curfew laws, they harm a lot of people that were uh, that otherwise wouldn't be harmed. I think that it's, yeah, it's they the equivalent basically of made the, a criminal out of Seth. Yeah. It's the it's the equivalent of the teacher saying, well, one student has made a, uh, has done something bad. So you all have to put your heads down on your desk for 10 minutes. And it's, uh, you know, frankly, frankly, ludicrous. Lame. Seth, Sorry to hear that. Seth. Thank you for the call. 855-450-3733. Do you think people, do you think these curfews are, you know, are legitimate actions by the government? Because I don't. The Ruger LC9. Compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP. Features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9. Another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com slash LC9. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about. We've been talking about this uh, EPA story. For, uh, I guess it's a $4 million fine for yeah. some people trying to uh, build a house in Idaho. Um, sickening. Crazy. And it brings me, and you know, you, what you mentioned earlier, Stephanie, was, uh, you know, a lot of times people, well, the critique of Free Talk Live is, you guys hate everything. <laughs> you don't like religion, organized religion. You don't like uh, government. You don't, you don't like, you're iconoclastic on everything. Well, maybe that's true, but we do have a solution. At least for me, the solution is the free state project. If you're frustrated with the lack of freedom, where you live and tired of the oppressive state intruding upon your business and personal life. If you knew that thousands of Liberty loving people were all moving to the same state and getting active, would you join them? You can join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. If you like the ideas of liberty, you believe in the ideas of liberty, you owe yourself to go to this website, freestateproject.org. certainly changed my life. Hope it changes yours. Stephanie, go on with the story if you would. Sure. Okay, so just to give a quick recap, we're talking about a couple who bought a parcel of land for $23,000 and were planning to build a home on it, and this was located... Near um, in Idaho. Near when was Pre- this that they purchased it? Um, oh, geez, it must have been pretty recently. 
but maybe a few years ago because the case is now in front of the Supreme, Supreme Court. Court. It doesn't get there quickly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It has to have all kinds of appeals. So yeah. basically they bought this piece of land in a residential subdivision and then they were threatened by the EPA with $40 million in fines if they didn't stop their building. So It's a residential subdivision. Yeah. Okay. So the the article, just to jump right back in, says the land is 500 feet from a lake, had a city water and sewer tap assigned, had no running or standing water, and was in the middle of other developed properties. It just seems arbitrary from what they're they're saying there. Not that we oh, necessarily yeah. know the, the whole circumstance. And a caller came in earlier and, and asked, you know, uh, people pollute. We know people pollute. If not the EPA, then who? And I don't know, but I can tell you that the EPA is a largely unaccountable bureaucracy. Yeah. and they-, they can ruin people's lives at the drop of a hat. It doesn't cost them anything to file these charges or injunctions against people. I don't know if it's really an injunction. I just use that word. But, you know, they, they have all these tactics that they can apply force to people with. And... It's no skin off their back if they threaten you with $40 million no, because in fines. They're going in fact, to they use probably get a promotion. Your tax money to sue you. Yeah. This is the thing is the gentleman uh, was concerned, well, if my neighbor pollutes and I've got to get a $2,000 uh, you know, assignment from some scientific organization to say he's polluted my land as a result of polluting his land, I can't afford that. Well, you know, if the EPA comes after you, just arbitrarily decides you're, you know, you're on the hit list like these people, they bought a $23,000 plot of land. That's not much. And they were going to build a house in a residential subdivision. Yeah, that was surrounded by other houses. Surrounded by other houses. They had no reason to believe otherwise. This happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, on a, this happens on a not irregular basis. The EPA just takes people's land. Yeah. Um, it, it certainly makes it so people can't improve their land in, in many, a myriad of different ways, all of its uh, stuff. And, and you know, once so, they get a, a bug up their butt for you... You're, I mean, you might as well just give them the piece of land and walk away. Well, exactly, Mark. And I'm sure it would be less costly to do that when, when you think about all the lawsuits and all the appeals that you have to go through. And, you know, I've actually heard stories read on Free Talk Live before where it's alleged that maybe they're targeting certain pieces of land because of a vendetta with a particular person or something like that. And it wouldn't be an uncommon thing for us to hear about that because it happens a lot with government agencies. Uh, and, and they, if they want to get you, they can find something to right, get you Right, and for. the EPA not only is a national agency, but it works closely with other sort of municipal and uh, state organizations. So, and no one would claim that, you know, that oh, well, you know, a, a municipal or state employee wouldn't have a vendetta against an individual. Of course they do. They, right. you know, my town is a relatively small town. They've got all kinds of vendettas against each other and people or that they... like this person or that person. And yeah, so, I mean, you know, if if, if the local town guy who has some control over environmental stuff contacts the EPA and says, this guy's doing whatever, you can believe they're going to come down on you like a ton of bricks. Yeah, or they just act on an anonymous tip from someone. We've heard stories of that happening many times. Sure. So let me go on with the article. The couple obtained all of the needed permits for their project and started work. Suddenly, the Environmental Protection Agency showed up on the building site, demanded that the work stop, and issued a, quote, compliance order that the couple remove the fill that they had brought in, restore the land to its native condition, plant trees every 10 feet, fence it off, and let it sit for three years. That's crazy. Can you imagine if you're building your What's dream home? What's the claim that happened? <laughs> no, it's, I it's, can't. It's insane. Get, plant a tree every 10 feet? What, are they going to go with a little yardstick and make sure that they're... Well, that, wow, if you, if you plant them crazy. every 11 feet, you're liable to, to lose your land forever. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know why you'd well, want to pay at, taxes at on that land that point, you had to pay, put plant trees on, frankly. Exactly. Yeah. And they're required to, to fill, fill back in the digging that they had already done and build a fence and let it sit for three years. I mean, That's they've already lost up. it at that point. Yeah. 
So, and they really have no recourse. So then they would, uh, so the article goes on, then they would, for costs estimated at roughly a quarter of a million dollars, be allowed to, quote, request permission from the government to build on their own land. <laughs> wow. Or else- I thought it was outrageous when I had to, to you know, spend $5,000 to give, get the local government to let me build on my land. And I couldn't <sighs> build as close as I would have liked to, um, to the, uh, the creek that runs through uh, my property. And, you know, wow. I, 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 I can kind of see there's some rules. Um, you know, you shouldn't be too close to the wetland or whatever. But, yeah, I always wonder. I mean, what if you wanted to do sort of that Frank, Frank Lloyd Wright architecture thing where you had like a, a stream flowing through the house? Mm-hmm. I mean, it just ruins that. Yeah. There's no fish living in my creek. I mean, it dries up. It's dry half the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we we won't know. We'll never know the uh, hidden costs of what these government regulations do and all the innovation that is the seen versus the unseen um and you know you, you'll never know what these uh these agencies what kind of productivity they've cost america the world mm-hmm. or just joy and standard of living increases yeah. you know i mean maybe maybe there would be a great reason what the founding fathers running. really meant when they said um you know life liberty and the pursuit of happiness what they really meant when yeah. they meant pursuit of happiness is they were all about the property and being productive now i understand i believe the pursuit of happiness means anything if you want to spend your time uh you know dancing the the, the, the mamba um you know buck naked with a a, a boa around your uh, oh, neck and your living like happiness to me that doesn't to me <laughs> but <laughs> um you know that's fine bob far be it from me but you know anyway go on anyway so uh, they would have had to pay a quarter million dollars just to request the permit for the request i love how the government works land. yes and of course they could deny the request right isn't that like what the fcc does when you request to have a new radio station they, you apply for a every license? government agency agency does this oh yeah i they mean have a this, great gig going you know they can just well, <laughs> imagine how much this limits whatever the uh, the activity is that they wish to do. Yeah. So if the activity is, I wish to, say, get married, mm-hmm. and I have to put in a request to the government, and it, well, it'll reason... cost me $1,000 to do so, and they may or may not grant my request, and I know that they don't grant some requests. How many people, I mean, how much is that going to kill marriage? Yep. So, I mean, if, if, if the danger is... You know, whatever the danger is, the government seems to be, to me, a far bigger danger in its regulations. Yeah. Well, that is essentially the reason that they have licensing in the first place. It's so that they can say no. Licensing and permits and all that kind That's of stuff. That's what it is. You yeah. don't have a freedom to do something if they have the, the ability to tell you yeah. no. So they can say no you think and so you they have can a get right money to, out of you. You think you have a right to bear arms in this country and you don't. There are 20,000 gun laws in this country. How could you possibly have a right if they can mitigate it? Yeah. And not only that, but what about freedom of movement? You know, that's something that I think everyone can relate to with driver's licenses, car registrations and inspections and all this other stuff. So, anyway, you know, there's inspections here in uh, the state of uh, New Hampshire and they're not about safety. They're really not. If they were, then the state of Florida would be covered in junkers and, uh, you know, people would be having wrecks all the time. Uh, Florida gave up its inspections in the mid 70s or -hmm. maybe maybe the very early 80s. I can't remember precisely. And. You know, I mean, I saw no more junk cars on the road in Florida than I do up here in New Hampshire. Whatever they're doing for this uh, inspection isn't working. Well, and we know from states that don't have mandatory insurance requirements, like New Hampshire is one of them, I think. um, Most people do buy insurance, right? And you you would think that an insurance company would have an incentive to at least make sure a car is in decent working order, right, before before they insure someone who's driving it. And so, you know, there's kind of a... 
voluntary system of kind of making sure that cars are safe uh, before people get in them. Well, I wouldn't know. We wouldn't know here in New Hampshire, even though there isn't any mandatory insurance, there is a mandatory inspection. So the insurance yes. companies are not required to do, uh, you know, sort of the due diligence before uh, well, insuring someone. You know, I th- a lot of the mechanics and a lot of the people who work on cars that perform those state inspections, they really dislike doing them. You know, you can tell when they have to do these state inspections, they just checking off a checklist. They beep the horn, they flash the wipers yep. and maybe some of it. Uh, it helps. They look at the tires, I know. But, you know, there are other ways that people could make sure that their cars are safe without having a mandatory inspection that well, money goes to What's it do to, to society state? if the government holds your hand through everything? Yep. What's it do? I mean... Yeah, it childifies people, yeah, basically. You can't take responsibility for anything. And the people that will take responsibility for, for things will rise to the surface, but they'll be... Um, they'll be you know, uh, stifled along the way. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. You know the U.S. dollar is devaluing. You can see it happening every day. You know a new currency will take over at some point. Wouldn't you like to be in on the ground floor? Bitcoins. They're a decentralized, anonymous internet currency. They're free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use them anywhere in the world. Find out more at weusecoins.org. Don't be kicking yourself in the pants in a month. Your dollars are going down. Learn more about bitcoins at weusecoins.org. That's weusecoins.org. Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line here on the live Saturday night edition of Free Talk Live with Mark and Stephanie. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? Man Venture Outpost carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, and boating equipment. ManVentureOutpost.com, they're family-owned and members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau. Some prices are so low they can't even be mentioned on the air. You can get an additional 5% off if you use coupon code FTL when you go to ManVentureOutpost.com. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. Let's go to, well, our normal uh, host here, the, the, the first chair host, Ian Freeman, who is on day 46 of his uh, oh, religious retreat in, uh, in beautiful uh, the Keene, uh, Correction, Keene County Correctional Facility. Hey guys, uh, can you first of all can you hear me all right? You you guys were breaking up a little bit there a moment ago. I want to make sure that we hear you okay. just fine. You're just and fine. Hi Ian, okay. we miss you. <laughs> Good. Hey, hey. Uh, so I was listening in. Uh, you guys obviously just started a new hour, so it's probably a bunch of new people uh, tuned in. I don't know if you had intended to continue your topic. Uh, but it's free talk live. You can talk about whatever you want. <laughs> right. Well, I wanted to comment on it. So could you recap for folks what? Absolutely. Yeah, we were discussing an article in which. A couple uh, bought a plot of land and intended to build a home on it, but the EPA came in and threatened them with fines of $37,000 per day if they didn't uh, fill in the digging that they had done and put some trees every 10 feet and then let the property sit for three years. Apparently it was on a wetland or something. Right, and it was supposedly in a residential division or houses all around, so they had no expectation of this being a problem. Now, you'd mentioned, I didn't hear the call, but you'd mentioned there was, a, I guess, a gentleman who called earlier, and uh, maybe you guys were talking about some perhaps uh, market-based, free market solutions to environmental problems, and uh, somebody called in apparently and expressed concern that, uh, you know, he might have to pay for some sort of a study to be done to determine whether or not uh, land or air was being polluted and was concerned mm-hmm. about that. 
Yes. I believe it was a gentleman who had a deal where he was painting a house for rent. And he said that the, the truck that he was using to paint was spewing some kind of fluid all over the yard. And Well, it, that was really irrelevant to the, uh, the, the statement. Essentially, his claim is is that people pollute, and there's no doubt they do. Mm-hmm. Um, pe- people will sometimes pollute. And if I am held liable for you know that person polluting on the land next to mine, proving that my land has been polluted, obviously it's going to cost me money to have somebody come out and prove that my land has been polluted. And he's right. Well, I was thinking um, it's, it's interesting to kind of just imagine how the free marketplace might handle situations like this because, I mean, who doesn't want to have clean air and uh, clean water and, and beautiful trees around to enjoy? I mean, I suppose there are a few people like that in the world, but I, I don't know any of them. Um, <laughs> and so people look to the government, unfortunately, because they've been trained this way uh, to take care of the environment. And unfortunately, maybe they don't realize that the government is the number one polluter uh, in America, specifically the U.S. military, yes. uh, doing all, all manner of uh, just horrible pollution, not just to uh, the earth, but also in the, in the oceans as well. And people, and I so, think most people know that um, the government is a terribly inefficient organization to handle anything. And but they don't they're lost they're they're they believe that you must have the paradigm of, you know, since government claims for itself the monopoly privilege of the use of force, then well, uh, you know, what else are we going to do? We have to go to, uh, to government to uh, to get these things fixed. Well, it's like asking the fox to guard the hen house, uh, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, you try to imagine for a moment what it would be like if you didn't have the government. Uh, well, first of all, you'd want to have private property. You'd want to have property everywhere be private, including things like rivers and uh, lakes. And uh, you'd want to have, and of course, your uh, your property rights would extend to the air that comes onto your property. So if you know somebody's polluting uh, down the street from you and it's blowing nasty soot or some other chemical uh, onto your property, you know if you're concerned about that, I would imagine there would be groups that would run that testing for you for free. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe Why? some environmental groups would run that testing for you for free on the you know the speculation that uh, first of all, number one, that just do it as community service, but number two, on the speculation that if they did find something wrong. They'd have their costs recouped uh, in a court decision that uh, would be made. Of course, we're talking about a world that much is certainly true. If if there was uh, some kind of uh, free market court system um, to which one could go, well, you you could even imagine a bunch of neighbors getting together. Let's say everyone that was downstream in that river that might be being polluted. You know, everyone may get together and split the cost of having some testing done so that they'd have some evidence to use possibly against the person who's polluting. Maybe it wouldn't cost as much as you think. Because, uh, you know, again, people underestimate uh, the ability of the marketplace to drive costs down. For instance, right now in today's world, there are a bevy of well uh, providers uh, or or water treatment providers. You give them a call, they come out to your house and they test your water for free. Now they're doing it on speculation that you're going to see, you know, all this nasty stuff in your water. They're going to hire them for their services. Uh, The point is, it clearly can't cost them that much to do that testing. If they're willing to offer it to, uh, you know, to go around to do it uh, to people's houses for free. Yes, that is a really good point, and I'm glad you brought that up, Ian, because it's completely true. There are places that you can get this stuff done for free, and you know, maybe it's an expectation of future services, or maybe it's just out of goodwill. But the point is, you're right; it's not that expensive to get it done. There's one more point on uh, polluters in the free market. If companies, you know, evil these evil corporations that are doing polluting today, they know that. They will be held liable because right now a lot of corporations are grandfathered in 
uh, under governmental regulations. Oh, well, you're already existing. You're already spewing all this stuff out. That's okay. We're only going, only going to apply these regulations to new companies. So if yeah. companies know that they, that they will be held fully liable, commercially liable, uh, financially liable for the actions that they, they take, they know that if they drop that sludge into the river, somebody's going to figure that out down the line and there's going to be a case against them. They're going to have to you know, pay out big time, clean up, pay out, and then they're going to have to try to pass those costs on in the cost of their product to their customers, which, of course, makes their competitors who are more economic, excuse me, ecologically sound, offering products that are safer to the environment, will have a, a leg up on anybody that does pollution because they'll get caught and they, you know, they'll have to pay the price and possibly it could put them out of business rather than having the government protect those, uh, those companies today. So it's yeah. just kind of interesting to look at how the market could solve these problems and all the problems that, uh, that people perceive of, they, I don't think they're just, they're just not looking at it, I think, in the right way. And they're, they're yeah. falling back on the old belief of, well, we, we just need to turn to this violent monopoly to solve the problems. And I think that uh, we can really look at some more creative solutions. Yeah, there's always a solution that doesn't involve force, right? I think that's something that we can apply to all of the things that people think we need government for. And is and- the inefficiencies that government brings to a, a situation. I mean, how inefficient is it for a person to what, randomly buy a $26,000 plot of land and then be told by the government that they can't build on it, that they'd have to put some trees down and uh, maybe they can build on oh, in three they, years they or something like that? They might be able to build on it if they pay the government a quarter million dollars and right. request permission, right? <laughs> right. It's, it, it is uh, immoral to build on it right now, but if you wait three years and pay us a quarter million dollars, then it will be moral to build on it. I mean, right. this, is, this is the position of the organization that gets to arbitrate what right and wrong is. It's crazy. Yep, I mean, and, right. you know, and just to bring people it, know that politicians are lying when their lips are moving, but they allow them to be in charge of the organization that decides what right and wrong behavior is. What kind of nutty paradigm is this? If you have a paradigm where people are both good and bad or have um, in them good and bad actions or actors or whatever, whether you believe that people are genuinely all bad or all good, it seems ludicrous to me. But if you have good and bad people of different varying degrees, wouldn't the worst people be attracted to positions of power where they can lord it over other people and use it for monetary gain? Yes. Isn't that what government is? We see examples yeah, of that happening all the time. Work. Force will never solve any problem ultimately in the well, long run. Well, I think that for, yeah, so. I think force I, I think force will um, can solve problems of other force. If you're talking about reciprocal force or yeah, I mean uh, aggressive force. Aggressive force. Maybe uh, in the short term it it could work, but I think long-term solutions definitely require voluntary means for sure well i mean yeah. anyway, guys thanks for the time tonight yep thank thanks you for the call again. ian take it easy there in jail <laughs> for those of you who don't know why ian's in jail he stood in front of a police car to uh, because he felt that they were taking a young woman to jail unjustly and uh, he wanted to do what he could do about that so i guess waylaying the cop for 45 seconds while they arrested him was what that was so he he's in jail for, he in, in for 14 more days free talk live 855-450-3733 I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous SuperTuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your SuperTuck. 
at crossbreedholsters.com. Again, that's crossbreedholsters.com. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line on the live Saturday night edition of Free Talk Live. It's Mark with you. And Stephanie. You can call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about. That's what we do on Free Talk Live. It's a completely interactive show. And we have a completely interactive website. You can go there and uh, you know put news stories or blog posts or whatever you'd like to uh, have there. You can link to them. People will vote up your links, vote them down. You can do the same to other people. Believe me, you're getting a lot more views on news stories there than you are on your Facebook uh, feed. I can assure you. It's freetalklive.com. Let your voice be heard on the air or online. FreeTalkLive.com. Get your liberty message out to thousands of people a month and do it for fractions of a penny apiece. Do it from the back of your car with LibertyStickers.com. They have hundreds and hundreds of different liberty sayings. You can check them out. Let your voice be heard at LibertyStickers.com. I like to go there and just look at the sayings. They're very clever. I've got one in the back of my car that says, uh, Barack Obama has fired more cruise missiles than all other Peace Prize winners combined. True story. That's Unfortunate, lib- but true. <laughs> That's right. Politico.com actually backed it up. So it's uh, LibertyStickers.com. So, um, Stephanie, if you would uh, continue with the story here about this uh, family that, well, apparently they have been what, sued to the tune of like $4 million. Well, yeah, just for anybody who's just tuning in, this family purchased a plot of land in order to build a house on it. And it was in a residential area surrounded by a bunch of houses already. But they were fined by the EPA, threatened with fines, I should say, of about $40 million and told that they could not build the house that they were planning to build on the property threatened. that they gotcha. already ostensibly owned so um it says that then they would for costs estimated at roughly a quarter million dollars be able to request permission from the government to build on their own land only if they had you know uh filled in all the digging that they already did and let the property sit for three years i don't know what the point of that was but yeah it's crazy let's um, go to mike in uh madison wisconsin here we're, we're you know this is the show about your calls I'd like to get them in as quick as we can mike What's going on? Yeah, I just called to see what you guys actually like about America. It sounds like you don't like taxes, you don't like schools, you don't like environmental protection. What is America? Uh, what do you like? What is America? Yes. It's a collection of people that uh, stand united, I thought. But if you're going to knock everything that the government tries to do for one another, do you like social programs? Do you like uh, watching out for your neighbors? Or Do you think all Americans... Are you all about, you, are you all I, about just Mike, me, 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 what I want? I, I like watching yeah. out for my neighbors, and that's why I do okay, so, a lot so of volunteer work. Thing, Mike, the, I, the EPA thing, I, I'm, make... I'm all for EPA, environmental protection. But, uh, oh, I'm for know, environmental I protection, too, but you haven't made any positive case that the EPA actually does that. I mean, the United States government is the largest polluter in the world. How much benzene's in the water now? How much do you think Which organization is the largest polluter in the world? I mean, if you want to grandstand and be a, uh, you know, think you're going to walk all over us by, by talking over without having a conversation, uh, you know, I the got the bigger time, mic. This is the first time I've heard you guys. Well, that's fine. Yeah, just, and, do you want to have a conversation really, really or do you want to grandstand? Yeah. Do you want to well, have I've a conversation or grandstand? I've been walked over before, too, so... What's, you have been walked over before, so it's okay to walk yeah, on well, me? Yeah. No, no, I, I'm trying to get okay. my point across. Can we you just... ask me questions. If you wanted me to answer you, that's what I was doing. <laughs> okay. you, well, actually, I, you asked Stephanie like... a question. She was trying to answer, and you just started okay. back up talking. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay, let's just step back from this for a minute. And, and you know, is your name Mike? I'm sorry. I it just... is. Okay, yeah, so 
Mike, you mentioned that don't we like to watch out for our neighbors and don't we like environmental protections? Yes, I think both of Mark and I would say that we do enjoy both of those things. And I just think that the means maybe differ from using the government to attain those goals. And I doubt that the government even can be used to attain those goals because they're unaccountable to people. They're supposed to serve customers, right? But it's not really customers when you can't choose to opt out of uh, being ruled by that agency. You see where we're coming from on that? Oh, yeah, I see. I agree with you on the, the fact that, you know, the, I think they should be able to be fired if they aren't doing their job. But probably a do you have any to, evidence that they can? Well, what I'm saying, they probably should be. And, and, the, and the best way to do that is, is to put in legislation, get everybody involved. Put I don't in know that that's true. They're not doing their job. I disagree. We've had we've had 200 and something years of putting in legislation well, in order to solve these problems. And I would posit that... Well, you know, now, now I have to get involved well, in this organization you know, that I didn't ask for. I have to get involved in order to stop it. I, I mean, you're I putting agree, an onus Mark. upon me. I would prefer not to have that onus, Mike. Can, can I well, just I, jump I in? Like I mean, you prefer not to do anything. It sounds like you just get your own country and do as you please. Well, well we're can, how do I get my own country, Mike? Let me know. You know, Mike, we we are doing something. We're trying to raise awareness, and you know, I think that getting involved in the system. A lot of people suggest stuff like that, but it can be a really slow and long process without any guarantee of results. And I don't see how it, it would really help these people who are this couple who bought, you know, a plot of land and at, was going to build a home but was threatened by the EPA. I mean, it, it would yeah, probably would take the source of the complaint. You know, the, the source of the complaint is probably one of their neighbors who has power and a connection in the EPA and get things. Yeah, done. I would look that's at that. Possible. Possible. Yeah. So, so you see the problem I go after I would go after the person in the EPA that if they if they did something un, unjust. I would go after them personally Mike, you know, in their job. Are monopolies good organizations generally? No. It's just like the corporations right now. They, right. they control Is know, the government the, uh, a monopoly? Is the government a monopoly? In some cases. Is the EPA a monopoly? By the people. No, but how, do you have any evidence that that's true? I voted in every election. Well, actually, generally, my, actually, my candidates don't win. I, I agree. I agree. In the last 30 years, the corporations have, have gained most of the control. Yep, they and control the the airways. So has has do you have any evidence that there is any or any governmental organization where the rich and powerful have not seized control and will and have not kept it? Well, the smaller organizations that are assembled by you know the the few that are, are fighting against it. I think you know, that the problem, maybe the problem it. is, though, the organization, it, organizational construct itself, the way that governments have been, actually, they've, they've evolved down from master and servant relationships, where you're talking about lords and vassals and serfs, and this is essentially what we have going today, except that, quote unquote, we the people elect people to be our lords, and yeah, you're supposed and to be. What's the alternative until we, until we gain control of our country, anarchy? I don't know what the, uh, how, it, I, well, I don't know what the alternatives to get every man woman and child involved to take their country back well we we may not know but but mike if you get in control maybe (laughs) you won't have the country i want we can't take the country back because you don't want the same crap i do oh so it's about the majority so screw 49 percent of the people is that what you're saying there's always compromise (laughs) <laughs> but there is a compromise when you have the majority it might be uh 98 98 it might be but generally for one thing or one type of thing presidential yeah, elections yeah. in this country have all i mean even even with barack obama he got uh, more than uh, didn't get more than 60 percent of the vote so i mean you're talking about generally presidential elections are split 60 uh, 40 so, so what would you prefer to just everybody do as they please 
I think that I think yes, absolutely. The answer to your question, which you just freaking asked me, Mike, is yes. Everybody should do what they please unless they harm other people, in which case they should be held responsible for it. And who's going to hold them responsible? I, G- gentlemen, if I may, if, if I may jump in, this is kind of morphed from a conversation about the EPA into a conversation about government in general. And it's fine to have that. But I mean, just getting back to the original point for a few yeah. minutes about the EPA, yeah. they they are really not capable just because of the way they're structured of creating a win win situation. They didn't talk oh, to well. this couple before. uh threatening them with $40 million in fines. They just did it. And that's the nature right. of the system itself. And, and, and part of that problem is, and I would look into this, I would look into the source, part of the problem is the, 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 the far right does not want any regulation. So in order to make... Free Talk Live, stuff, thanks for the call, Mike. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line. You are welcome to call in about whatever you'd like to talk about. We've been talking about the EPA and um, you know some of the horror stories they bring down on people. But if you're a cigarette smoker, I was too for many years. You've probably heard about this e-cigarette vaporizer device. And I'm here to tell you that the one made by Vaporsmiths.com is one of the premier ones on the market. Uh, an e-cigarette vaporizer is 22,000 times healthier than a cigarette by some metrics. A pack-a-day smoker will save about $120 a month just by switching. There'd be no more ashtray mouth, no more sec- no more secondhand uh, smoke, no, no bad smell. You can use it just about anywhere. There's free shipping on orders over $60 from Vaporsmiths.com, and they'll give you a free starter kit. As long as you purchase 40 cartomizers, those are the things that contain the, uh, the nicotine, with coupon code FTL. That's FTL as in Free Talk Live. You'll get free shipping and a free starter kit by going to Vaporsmiths.com or calling this number. It's at the website also, Vaporsmiths.com. It's 855-2-GET-VAPOR. Again, that's a toll-free number, 855-2-GET-VAPOR, Vaporsmiths.com. Question for you, Mark. Indeed. What yes. do you call an e-cigarette that is thick like a cigar? Because yes. I saw one of those today, and I heard it called an e-gar. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's, it's funny. E-gar. e-gar. It's yeah, a funny word. It's exactly. Uh, you know, it is an, an, a cigarette is something that is uh, has a plant matter rolled up into a piece of paper. So an, right. e- an e-cigarette isn't a cigarette. It is a vaporizing device for, um, you know, to atomize uh, nicotine. Mm-hmm. But... You'd have to market to your audience, and that's what the term is that people use in e-cigarette, and it's, you know, it's fine. Um, it is a nicotine delivery device. Gotcha. Let's go to Matt in Illinois. Matt. Hello, Mark and Stephanie. How are hey, you, Matt? Matt? Oh, I'm good. How are you guys? All's Wonderful. well. Um, what would you like to talk about? Uh, or- 
originally I was going to call in and actually disagree with something Stephanie said, but this last guy that called you guys really frosted my oats. <laughs> I, he was clearly charged and activated by the things that we said, and he's listening on a um, you know one of the more progressive stations that we have. And Free Talk Live is a show unlike any other out there. So we we cross the boundaries. We're on conservative stations and and progressive stations, and, and the conservatives think we're liberals. Right. And the liberals when we think talk we're about our, our anti-war <laughs> message, you can believe how many people come out waving their flags and say, "You people hate America." And this guy actually called in and said the same thing. Well, what do you like about America? Don't you like social programs? As if half of America doesn't hate the social programs and understand that they institutionalize poverty. Yeah, you know, what, and what I wanted to say you know, about this, these people, uh, this, while well, this gentleman doesn't seem to understand, he, he kept harping on, get involved, get involved. He doesn't seem to understand that the nature of government itself makes people not want to get involved. It's designed it's, that way. Does, the government is designed to be right. ponderously slow in its changes and therefore make getting, making getting involved to be incredibly difficult. I mean, for God's sakes, mm-hmm. I'm already working 60 or 70 hours a week in order to make ends meet, and now you want me to go to the school, school board meeting, the town meeting, the, the city councilor meeting, every During one of the, the stinking the committees they have. I've got to drive to the state capitol to have it, you know the, the 4,000 bills that they're passing. Don't forget Washington, D.C., where I've got to send money that I've earned, I've worked so hard for in order to get these lobbying organizations on my side when yeah, God why, knows I'll never have as much money as the corporations. Why is it incumbent on you to do all this legwork to just try to stro- stop all the stuff that they're bringing down on you? And, you know, actually, this, this couple who bought the home and was threatened by the EPA actually tried talking to the EPA, and they were told they were told by the EPA... Go take a long walk off article, a short pier. Yeah. They, the EPA said if you're buying a piece of property you should know it's in the wetlands so it was supposed right. to be a ignorance of the law is no excuse yes we have right. more laws than you could possibly read in four lifetimes but there's ignorance is no excuse citizen get about following our laws write us a check while you're at it i spend my life trying to avoid getting involved in government because of that i don't want to want to be involved in, in all that either but then there's also the fact that I'm, well, as I see it, the fact of the matter is that if we had a free market and free market solutions, everyone would more or less have to get involved. You would have to sit there, and when you're trying to figure out how to solve your own personal problems, you would have to consider your options. And I, I think that you would have to do it more closely and better because nobody else is doing it for you. Right now, people think, oh, well, the government's done that for me already. But uh, Government's handling true. pollution, sure. Right, right. Yeah, the government's already handled the pollution. Why should I worry about it? And um, I, I, well, I, I believe that more and more people are opening their eyes and, and, and seeing this, and I hope this, this gentleman that is listening and that he – he continues to listen so that he can hear your ideas before he jumps to his own conclusions and measure them out and weigh them. You've uh, absolutely said the right thing. And, you know, this is the fact of the matter is in order to understand the incredible consistency of the ideas that we portray on Free Talk Live, these are ideas that you've never heard before. Mike has never heard them before. And many people who are calling the show have uh, and are listening to the show have never heard heard these ideas before and the reason is is they're not out there you almost never hear these ideas the consistent ideas of freedom and liberty 
you have to listen and listen and listen in order to hear this. And when you hear them, they make sense. You know, you may hear kind of kernels of truth in different media, but right. it's really Mike not dis- a consistent uh, message. Mike didn't disagree with any of our points. He didn't disagree with any of them. Once he just disagreed down, with the yeah. solution. And, my, uh, and frankly, I don't think the solution is getting involved in the national government. I think that's, you know, a better idea is having all 50 states secede. I'd rather have I'd rather deal with a government that was sitting over, uh, you know, a few hundred miles away um, than one that's a thousand miles away. I mean, they're in Madison, Wisconsin. What can you do about the United States government and its preditions? Why is it that I have to send money to this organization that seems to spend its time running around the world killing innocent people? I don't want to do that. But yeah, you can't opt out. If I don't, if I choose to, I can opt out. Well, I'll just go to prison, right, yeah. and I won't. Uh, I won't be able to take care out. of my three and a half year old and my wife and all these things that I consider to be the most important things to me. Mm-hmm. This is the same reason that the slaves stayed on the plantations, you know, <laughs> because yeah. they had developed personal relationships with each other, and you know, life isn't so bad. So you know, where where would it be it. better? And yeah. that's the other thing. You know, basically, Mike did with the, uh, is there anything you like about America? America, love it or leave it. He did essentially the right wing thing, yep. um, which uh, is, is kind of amusing. Matt, thank you for the call. 855-450-3733. It was amusing that he did the, uh, well, if you don't like it, leave. Yeah. Well, where the heck are you going to go? I mean, I'll admit to you, the United States is sliding down the uh, the ladder of free nations in the world, sadly. You know, yep. the place that uh, when I was a kid, people would call it the freest nation in the world. And I think they might have been right. But now, you know, 40 years later, 30 years later, you know, obviously I wouldn't have heard anything when I was an embryo. Um, 30 <laughs> years later, it's I don't think it's not true anymore. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can look at the lists of the, you know, free press. The United States is like in the 20s there. You look at most economically free. It hovers between seven and 13 sliding down places that I would have considered socialist governments uh, like Australia and, and Canada. Those they're higher. New Zealand. Yeah. I mean, they're it's higher get, as far as economic liberty goes. It's getting to the point, just anecdotally, I mean, we can look at these empirical rankings and kind of compare them from year to year and see that the United States is going down based on these objective criteria that have stayed consistent. But just anecdotally, I mean, how hard has it gotten since even 10 years ago? How much harder has it gotten to start a business? Just think of that very simple thing that so many people uh, used to do. On a weekly, monthly basis. You're talking about lemonade stands. I mean, the the government has been going around. This isn't concerted. This isn't a conspiracy. But you're talking about um, different zoning bureaucrats and cops shutting down kids' lemonade stands at their houses and on the sidewalk and stuff like that. I mean, And think about the border, you know, all these immigration checkpoints that are hundreds of miles... Sorry, up to 100 miles in from the border. Think about how easy it is to get arrested these days. I mean, we've known journalists who have gotten arrested for attempting to film in a public courtroom. You know, it's it's crazy. It didn't used to be like this. It, yeah, I mean, it's absolutely turning into it's it's we're sliding into a police state. 855-450-3733 Free Talk Live. I 
I've started playing a new online game. It's called Mine Things. It's a free online mining game. It's all in your browser. There's nothing to download. Your little mining robot guy can mine for you 24-7. You don't even need to be logged in. You compete with other players for resources and a capitalist economy. The virtually mined gold demonstrates the concept of sound money and is exchanged between players tax-free. They even accept bitcoins. Go to MineThings.com, use coupon code FTL, and double your mining speed. It's free. MineThings.com. Eight fifty five four fifty three. That's the SACL toll free call in line. You can call in, talk about what is on your mind here on Free Talk Live. That is what we do. That's why we call it Free Talk Live. It is a conversation, but you can call in and talk about whatever and, and converse with us about what you wish. It's Free Talk Live eight five five four five zero three seven three three. It's Mark and Stephanie. You've probably been hearing us talk about bitcoins for a while now, and maybe you didn't know how to get them. There's an easy way. You can get bitcoins by depositing cash at thousands of banking locations across the United States, including Bank of America and Wells Fargo. Once you have your bitcoins, you can use them to pay anyone in the world with no transaction fees or third parties getting involved. It's just like a person-to-person cash transaction, but you do it over the Internet. It's Internet cash. To learn more, visit exchangebitcoins.com. Again, it's exchangebitcoins.com. Bitcoins have the... They have the potential to change the internet and how our inter- our activities go there. You deserve you you, uh, you know you, you owe it to yourself to go check out um, exchangebitcoins.com. And actually, we use coins.org is a great video to give you an introduction. Let's go to Patrick in Tennessee. Patrick, hi, how are you? All is well. What's on your mind? Great, man. Hey, first time listener. I've come up the worst night and uh, heard you guys for the first time on here. You're probably shocked. Uh, welcome. Well, <laughs> I was shocked when I heard the caller ask you, "Do you what do you love about America?" Oh God. Uh, well, this is um, Patrick. As I, I pointed out, Free Talk Live is unusual in that we're on both conservative and liberal stations because we do, aren't. We are neither conservatives nor liberals. Yeah, and we so like you'll get a, a, a cross section of people calling in. Okay, I'll stick to asking. What are you? <laughs> you answered that. You're a cross section for everybody to kind of voice themselves. No, I. Well, I mean, the, I would say the that purpose of Free Talk Live is to allow anybody to call in. But I would, if you want a term for what I am, you might use the term libertarian. I don't like that term because the Libertarian uh, Party is corrupted. But I yeah, will, I would say libertarian, but not associated with like the Libertarian Party or anything like that. And just to clear up any misconceptions, I think that. Mark and I would both agree that we think people are the best ones to make decisions about how to run their own lives and that solutions to social problems should be voluntary. Not forming another committee. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Committees make the worst decisions. Right. Suggested earlier. right. Well, you just okay. uh, they, they've got a committee. You just need to appeal to it. Uh, it may be partially corrupt, but you just need to appeal to the ones that aren't corrupt. As if if you give um, a position of power and authority and wealth to somebody, the the, the uh, corrupt will not be attracted to that. Sounds that sounds like the truth. Well, <laughs> listen, I've got a little gold nugget. My mother uh, recently. Uh, I'm 40 years old and I'm still getting wisdom from the parents. <laughs> <laughs> The other night we were discussing government, and she said, uh, and jobs and everything, and we were talking about this new kick that uh, Obama is on with trying to cheerlead and hype people up on, let's blame the rich, let's blame the rich, it's all their fault. Well, the little gold nugget of wisdom I have for all the listeners and callers out there, if you want to blame the rich, ask yourself this question, 
how many poor people ever gave you a job? Mm. It's, it's simple as that. Yeah. And then the second question they need to ask is this. If you ever had a job and you're unemployed now, who gave you that job? A rich person or a poor person? You know, um, the, the, the whole rich poor paradigm, I, you know, I've, I've been stuck in it myself, and I think that the government creates a class warfare. Uh, people want the money that rich, the rich people have. They'll claim things like, well, they used uh, the government to get their money, they used fraud to get their money, or they did it on the backs of the proletariat or something like that. Well, and I can sympathize, sympathize with that point of view because oftentimes government does protect the interests of the sure. huge corporations, and we can't deny right. that corporate welfare is out there, too. I mean, I could there see... There are areas for improvement, absolutely, yep. yes. Yeah. But, you know, but when it, when it, it boils is, down uh, to it, it's it's not a, if it's okay to steal from rich people it's okay to steal from poor people if it's okay to, if if you can take somebody's wealth you if you can take their life um you can take their wealth you can take their life you can take their liberty you can take anything if you claim for yourself the ability to steal you can claim for yourself the ability to kill a government that can take a little from you can take a, a lot from everyone thank you sounds great i recently ordered a copy of the constitution from um uh, the Heritage Foundation, and I've got those framed, and I just, I'm like, this is the American dream. Well, I, as far as I'm concerned, the Constitution is a document that has failed in its its role. Um, it's, it's, it, as as Lysander Spooner said, it's either enabled everything uh, bad to go on that's gone on, or it has been powerless to prevent it, to paraphrase his quote. I like you the know, ideas I, of the small I, I government ensconced in it, but I, I think it's failed. Go ahead. I have a question for you, then, because you, you actually raise an interesting point there. But my question to you is, and I, it's not that I, I disagree, what is the solution to a document? Our forefathers knew that what big government meant. They, they left this. They knew what it, we would come full circle if they didn't have the firewalls in the Constitution to stop government. I don't know what that that's true. Do? I think that's it's, I think that in and of itself is an inaccurate statement, Patrick. Um, they had a smaller government document called the Articles of Confederation, and in fact, big government advocates called the Federalists advocated for a larger for a larger union, mostly banging the war drum of fear, um, saying that we're going to get attacked as little states and stuff like that. And so, I think that the founding fathers are were a conglomeration of what we would call liberals and conservatives of of their own time, and they were big government and small government. Okay, the question then would be this. What would be your um, reasonable solution to modifying or adjusting the Constitution, unlike it's being done today? Today it's being shredded Mm -hmm. and being destroyed and abused. I would say just very quickly for like a little soundbite, Patrick, that I think any organization that's offering services should be subject to competition and people should be able to opt out. And that would take care of pretty much all the problems. Government employees should be responsible for their actions. And in that um, in that way, I mean that you should be able to sue them, not just the government agency, but But the the individuals who do what they do. Well, and somebody brought this point up before and said, oh, well, I think it was Michael, the caller or Mike, the Mm -hmm. caller who was really riled up in supporting the EPA and. I think he said that, well, you should just go after the bad individuals in the APA, but often government agents have this thing called sovereign immunity yes. where they cannot be or sued. Limited or qualified immunity or whatever. Yeah. Right. And so they don't they have limited liability for what they actually do. So that's not a good uh, answer. Pat- Patrick, right. I appreciate the call. Thank you very much. 855-450-3733. Let's go to Nick in Illinois. Nick. Hi. Uh, a couple nights ago, I had a very, very long and involved conversation with my dad about the ideas of liberty. I tried to strike the root, you know, talking about how people don't consent to their government, 
That completely backfired, and I'll get to that in a bit. Anyway, he brought up a number of objections, which I wasn't able to answer because I saw certain counter-arguments to the counter-arguments I was going to say. But I want to bring up just one per night to make sure that each is addressed sufficiently. Okay. Tonight, tonight, the objection I'd like to discuss regards the consent to be governed, which is the root of it all, isn't it? So I talked to my dad, and it started with me making the argument that taxation is bad because people don't consent to it. They can't say no, or else they'll be imprisoned. His reply was that whenever you move to a place you implicitly consent to abide by the rules of that place. And so what if you don't move? Tech- what? What if you don't move? Uh, like what if you were born there? Right. Yeah. Well, uh, we, we didn't really get into that, but, you know, I moved to where I am now. You moved to where you are now. So, well, it, uh, But I, but this is the, the, the thing I say to people who um, would bring this up, and I've had this happen more than once here in New Hampshire. You know, you moved here. You should abide by our rules. Don't try to change our politics. <laughs> I, I say, I say, I will gladly move back to Sarasota, Florida, if you go get every New Hampshireite um, who has turned 75 and moved to Sarasota and then began voting their interests in sarasota out of sarasota i'll move back and then they realize that well you know i mean obviously people are going to vote their interests and they're going to vote them where they are and i have as as much right to uh, you know advocate for my position as anyone else right but that does not i mean but that doesn't deny the the legitimacy of the idea okay so the legitimacy is this um it goes back to uh foundational principles the government as it exists today was an organization of armed men that said you will do what we say or we will shoot you in the head um they or you know whatever part mostly they used pointy things at that time uh they will uh we will stab you through with something so you know the indians they slaughtered and um you know exterminated them at their will the um you know you're talking about there were two sides in this uh, particular conflict people who believed that the the legitimate role of government was given to the king and i see no reason why if the legitimate role of the government um belongs to quote unquote a majority the representatives of a majority of the people that it can't belong to one guy well I the mean, king had so-called divine right right like he said well, god appointed him as the king or chose him or what difference like does it that, make but, whether he has divine right or you know just the the political power exists with him well precisely that's the point i wanted so, to make is that it's it's no more legitimate when someone just claims a legitimate ability to use force than when someone says that well god told me that i'm legitimate this government force. is only legitimate because it, uh, people believe it and because it used violence to get where it was. And if that's true, then I should be able to take your wallet and stab you in the gut because I use violence to do so. Yikes. Uh, I have more. Can I hold over through the break? Nick, hold the line. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line here on Free Talk's Live's live sun- Saturday edition of saying Sunday. We're on seven days a week from 7 p.m. <laughs> to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. You can hear the show live at freetalklive.com. Downloaded the archives. Um, you know We have uh, archives going back five years at archives.freetalklive.com. The first seven days are actually available right on the front page of freetalklive.com. 
for you. So if you called in and you want to hear what you sound like, you can download the show. If you didn't hear the whole thing, you want to want to hear that, that's fine. If you think, well, this is something like I've never heard before. I should hear more of this. Please go get the last five years of the show and listen to it. Um, it's completely up to you. You can put it on your MP3 player, take it with you, listen to it while you're mowing the lawn or whatever you're doing. And it's pretty unusual in the world of talk radio to have someone give away all their content for free. Rush Limbaugh ain't doing that for you. <laughs> Freetalklive.com. Let's go back to Nick in Illinois. Nick? Hi. So to briefly recap, I talked with my dad a couple nights ago making the argument that people don't consent to their government. And he said they did by virtue of having moved there. Uh, here's the problem I came up with when I thought up a counter-argument to his response. We say in the liberty movement that if you own the land, you decide the rules on that piece of land, or else you have the right to evict people from it at right. any time for any reason. Sure. The problem I have is, how is a local government any different from being basically just a company that owns the land and is offering you the mercy of going to jail instead of just banishing you and never letting you come back? Do you if feel I had properly fall, addressed that, um, that in the last segment? Sorry, what was that? Do you feel I properly addressed that question in the last segment? No, not okay, really. Let me, let me try it again. Governments as they exist today, and I believe in all cases, but I certainly don't, haven't studied all 200 governments that exist around the world. But I can certainly tell you, in the sound of my voice, the vast majority of people are listening are in North American continent. And the United States government had a revolution against a king. If you claim that this government is legitimate, then it would seem because it owns the land, then you must claim that the previous government was legitimate because it owned the land. So how can someone rise up in armed revolt against a government that legitimately owned the land and then claim the land for themselves? The only way is violence. If you believe that that is a legitimate way for people to wrest the land from a legitimate government and then form their own legitimate government, do you see the problems in this thinking, is then you would legitimately believe I could take your wallet by stabbing you in the neck. I have, I have an alternative answer, Nick, too. Um, I think that agreements are only legitimate if they have the option for either person to opt out, you know, if they if they can not agree with the terms of the agreement. And uh, now that now what, what, I, I actually brought that up. Mm -hmm. And my dad said that that you can opt out of any government by moving. This is a true statement. So well, the, but, you can opt the, out this of is the point. Wait, this is this is I brought it down to the bottom. Don't bring it. Don't 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 fill it up here because this is the, the problem. I've had this conversation a hundred times um, in the last uh, five years doing this. And this is, does your dad think this government is legitimate because it stabs people in the neck and takes their wallet? Ask him that. Okay. <laughs> do you see, do you see the problem though? I mean, if this government's legitimate, then the last one was legitimate uh, against which there was a revolution. And I mean, I don't know if everybody would find that particular phrasing uh, persuasive because if, if somebody started talking about stabbing people i might my that's brain what government just... does it it it, it stabs well, course, and threatens to stab that's people true, but is that an effective way to reach everybody with the message and maybe some people would be persuaded but, by but you have to bring approach. it down because the fact is i do have uh control over my property if you don't like my rules you can get the f off and that's how right. that works but, and, and that's if true you with believe private... that the government owns the property this property then you believe the last government owned this property and then you believe it's legitimate to take property from people by using violence and it's an advocation by uh, by supporting this government is legitimate it was legitimate it is an advocation of using violence to get what you want yes um, all right so then what uh, <laughs> i've probably mentioned this in a previous call but what about places like holland which were 
settled on completely desolate land that nobody wanted, and they homesteaded that property, made it their own, and informed their government. I don't know. If you move there. I, I, do, I don't have to deal with that problem on a regular basis. Well, I mean, I've I, never I, been to know, Holland. Unfortunately, Nick, I think that the the way that the world is structured now, there are very few or no, essentially no, habitable places on earth that don't have governments kind of claiming jurisdiction over them. And so kind of where are you supposed to go? You really don't have, yes, you can opt out of a particular government in favor of another government, but you cannot opt out of all government reasonably well, now, and, and live on earth. Well, now, as I understand it, I mean, it's, uh, I think the general response is, well, that's your problem. I mean, it's not their fault that there's nowhere else for you to go. How does that in any way give you an obligation? What? Because, like in the private in the private sector, uh, you know, we say that if you if you if there's only one job around and you take that job, people still say you're not coerced into that job because you can still leave that job even if it causes great suffering. I, I absolutely believe that. I think that the the situation with Holland is, gets a little more difficult because you're talking about sort of agreements that have been passed down through hundreds of years. I don't know. I'm going to take your word on Holland. I have no idea how Holland was settled. But I do believe that if I go set up a nation with some friends of mine down in South uh, in, in Antarctica in an un- unclaimed area and we set out some rules, that those rules are legitimate for that community. I believe that. However, the vast majority of countries in this land were settled through violence and killing. So um, if you advocate for those governments as having a legitimate claim on that land, then you're advocating for violence and killing. Nick, I have to go on. I appreciate the call. 855-450-3733. I have something important to say on this. Say it. I think that maybe instead of focusing on trying to shut other people down with our arguments as libertarians so often do, I mean, it's just... The style of debating is so prevalent, you know, I think maybe trying to build a little bit of empathy between Nick and his dad might be a little bit more effective, like saying, Dad, can you This was a debate. Understand? He had a, a conversation. This wasn't even organic. Right, but I don't know if debates are so effective. This wasn't know? organic. It was set up um, between him and, you know, the, the... He said they were talking at the dinner table, right? But... But they, he said that he wanted to set up a, a, you know, to strike the root in this conversation and mm-hmm. get down to core principles. Well, the root oftentimes is people's feelings and needs. You know, I mean, it's it's, I, it's difficult to have a third party situation where I'm empathetic, right? I mean, now you're, if you're asking me to be empathetic to a person who's on the telephone, I can try to do that until they start walking all over me. Well, you can but, relate to someone who doesn't like the government in that rules the landmass that they're living on, right? And and doesn't want to get involved in the system because it's bureaucratic, it's slow, it's ineffective, right? And so you can portray those ideas and get someone else to say, yeah, I could see how that would be frustrating, right? I mean, that's sometimes I think that's all it takes. Well, um, you At know, least Nick, Nick asked me to show him foundational principles about why mm-hmm. the government does not have a legitimate claim on the land, because the claim essentially was the government owns the land. We are its serfs. If you don't like being a serf here, it does give you the option of paying an exit tax and leaving, just like the slavery system in the Roman era where slaves could pay to be free. So you aren't a slave in the chattel slavery situation. You're a chav- uh, slave in the Roman style. So there you go. Let's go to... Rob in Georgia. Rob? Hey, how's it going? All's well. What's on your mind? Good. Well, I just wanted to talk about the notion of uh, moving someplace uh, implying consent. And, you know, I think that the you know, it's important to cater your rhetoric to your particular audience. So, uh, so I don't, you know, obviously I don't know his father as far as the sort of arguments that he would, he would find persuasive. But one of the things that I would say, which seems very obvious to me, is that 
the assumption that moving someplace implies that you agree to follow those rules is completely un-American. I mean, if you look at what the, the framers did, they came to a country which was, which was occupied by Native Americans, and they did not just uh, go by the Native Americans' rules. If you look at the way that the government, uh, various laws and, and, uh, and social norms have changed over, over 200 and something years in this country, it's very apparent that, that uh, the notion that you go somewhere and you just follow the rules as they are is completely against everything this country has ever done. <laughs> Well, that's the opposite side of the coin that I was uh, pointing out here. Um, essentially, yes. I mean, you know, if you're if you're claiming that uh, sticking by the rules of a given landmass is, um, is is what you, one should do, and that uh, you know, then you are actually saying that the founding fathers of this country are bad people because they didn't. Yeah. So that that would that would definitely be one of the techniques if you're dealing with someone who is kind of the rah rah America constitutionalist Rob, type. Do you have anything uh, else? You know, there are. No, that's all I wanted to say. You want to, okay. Appreciate the call. Thank you. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. Eight fifty five four fifty three. That's the SACL toll free call in line. You can call in and talk about whatever you wish here on Free Talk Live. Mention that it's the SACL toll free call in line. What is SACL CAI? It's a company that does accounts receivable for your business, and they do it in a manner that's entirely different than many other firms. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged off receivables. They're trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients, too. It's SACL CAI. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's the top one on the right-hand side of the page. SACL CAI. Let's go to Paul in Nashua. Paul. Hi. Uh, it's uh, Paul in Nashua. I'm listening on XM. Just wanted to say, join the show a lot. And, uh, I'm calling in response to a couple callers ago brought up the issue. He's talking to his father about land ownership, government land ownership, um, and its legitimacy. Mm-hmm. And I liked what you said, Mark, very much about how the U.S. government supposedly got the property from the King of England. But also, just, just on a fundamental level, you know, let's examine that. That's kind of a good argument for why it's not legitimate. But let's examine, you know, if, if I can claim that I can steal somebody else's stuff because I, I own, you know, the city, or I can, I can make whatever property claim I want. The question is, is it a legitimate property claim? And, uh, you know, legitimate property is acquired by purchasing it via voluntary agreement right. or homesteading. And the U.S. government never did that. You know, we had people live here um, who did legitimately homestand, homestead their land, and they never, they never got a chance to even vote for anybody 
to go to the Continental Congress and even, or they refused or they voted for somebody who didn't make it. They never voluntarily gave up their rights, their land. Right. They, they just did. claimed a bunch of. They did take the land from the Native Americans who were and other here before co- and had homes. Other colonists. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. the, the Puritans would attack other colonists that didn't have their religious beliefs. Yeah. This is how bat s insane the founding fathers. I mean, of the re- the true founders of the country. History prior to, is a really bloody thing. Yeah, you know, and you could, I guess you could argue the Louisiana Purchase right was a purchase of land, and there were a couple of other. Land grants, but there the, were the already Louisiana, people living on that land. The and, Louisiana Purchase was a purchase uh, was a was a bribe to Napoleon um, to be able to take the land and kill the Native Americans that are were upon it. Not an yeah, actual I mean, purchase Napoleon of land. Napoleon never really owned the, that land in the first place. Right. I mean, right. I'm pretty sure Napoleon didn't have a ranch out there. With the, I mean, you know, it, it's uh, it, it's it's abs- you know, there was no legitimate. Uh, the government did not legitimately acquire that land in any sense. So basically, it was a bunch of politicians. You know, like say, like the Republicans and Democrats of their time got together and declared to themselves that they own everything now. And we even saw that enforced very early on with the Whiskey Rebellion. A bunch of people were just trading, you know, alcohol and didn't want to pay a tax to the federal government. And Washington actually sent in the army to enforce George that tax Washington. And take their money. George Washington. Because yeah. when you say Washington George now, Washington. people think of uh, the, the, you know, the, the place. But in fact, George Washington yeah, yeah. George, sent George Harry Washington. Lighthorse Lee, uh, the, the what, grandfather of uh, General Lee, um, Robert E. Lee, into crush this rebellion. I think they hung a couple of people or whatever. And these were these people were think, rebels killing rebels. People think of George Washington as a small government guy, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> they had a lot of small government rhetoric back in the day. Kind of like Reagan, right? Like he had a lot yeah. of small government rhetoric, but the government grew 60% under his tutelage. Yeah, exactly. And that's the difference. That's the key difference. Legitimate property ownership between somebody who's defending their property and just a thief. You know, if I go steal somebody's wallet... You know, or you know, break into somebody's home. I could say, "Oh, I own the city, so it was okay." But the reason I'm really just a thief is because I don't have a legitimate claim on the city. And the U.S. government never had a legitimate claim on all of the property in the U.S. I think it's absurd if you if you look at the history to say that they could make that claim legitimately. They certainly act like they own it all, and that's what they it all certainly do down act to. like that. But but Al Capone acted like he owned Chicago too, and right. that didn't make him a legitimate person. And and the fact that you could move <laughs> out of Chicago to escape Al Capone didn't make it legitimate either. Yeah, indeed. I mean, that's that's really what it boils down to. You know, somebody who uh, says love it or leave it is acting in an un-American fashion. That's the Absolutely. end of the story. Well, it's a it's just a fallacy. Yeah, it's, it's it's absolute it's fallacy. A fallacy. Um, you know, I mean, America was based on some people who decided to change that decided that they were going willing to use uh, de- to some extent. I think they can it can be argued defensive force. I think they can use, uh, you know, in largely defensive force um, in order to prevent people from uh, you know the, the king and his men from you know, collecting taxes from them that were unjust because colonies have always been ways to enrich the homeland the money and the goods are taken out of the colony and sent back to the the homeland and king, king george had no interest in keeping uh, particularly goodwill with the colonies they he he felt that they belonged to him that was his kingdom yeah. And it's really interesting, actually, looking at how we were reading some history books about how a lot of uh, southern New Hampshire was settled. It's basically, it was land grants given by the Massachusetts state government to people who gave the Massachusetts state government money or yeah. low-interest loans or did some favor for them. And just say, oh, yeah, here, have 500 acres up in, you know, Merrimack River Valley. Have 1,000 acres. Just It's yours because you did a favor for us. Yeah. Wow. As if 
they it was their money, their land to give in the first place. Sure. But, yeah, this kind know, of stuff has been do? going on for hundreds of years. It never changes. <laughs> yeah. Once they realize yeah. that they can kill the Indians in different ways, shape, or form, that they can just give their land away and just exterminate them like pests. That's and so sad. And you know, people. And this is what it all boils down to. I'm not saying that all the land needs to go back to the Indians. I don't even know how one would go about that 400 years later when I have both Indian and Caucasian blood and uh, actually Oriental blood and Jewish blood bl- throwing, flowing through my veins. How am, how am I supposed to give back this land? And how, you know, how do I know that Indians are actually settled this part and we're only hunting that part? And wouldn't it be legitimate for me to homestead hunting land? I mean, you know, this gets really I, yeah. murky. I don't think yeah, you can give land back. But to claim that the government owns it is patently ridiculous. Yeah, it's impossible to go back through history and correct all of the errors of history. But, uh, you know, we are where we're at. I just like to start having liberty and respect for property rights and individual rights today uh, right now right i mean future. that's the, that's the way to solve this problem. This. let's not keep doing this we can't correct all the errors of the past but for now let's start respecting people's property rights and their liberty again as long as they don't harm anybody else then their choices are, are their own choice paul thank you really for the call. nobody else very well said. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. It seems to me, call. yeah, it's, it seems to be the only way that one can look at this and have some kind of empathy, uh, you know, sympathy for their fellow man. I mean, I suppose you can say that the world will run more efficiently if I were just king of this particular landmass and I could, <laughs> you know, be a liberal or be a conservative and things would go the way that I propose they go. A lot of people do say that. Well, they absolutely. Right <laughs> I, I think they. I think they would go more efficiently if I were God King of America or the world or whatever, but I'm never going to be because and the way that um, the way that these things are administered, they're always going to be administered by bureaucrats, faceless uh, bureaucrats out there that, uh, you know, they're, they're stuck in a system that doesn't reward them based on, um, you know, the, the same way the marketplace does doesn't reward performance in the in in sort of proper roles and those bureaucrats are going to implement whatever your grand idea for feeding the world or educating the the dumb or whatever um they're going to do it badly they're going to do it so badly and they're going to do it in a fashion that threatens and harms people the nature of the system is such that it really cannot is not capable of meeting our needs free talk live 855 450 free I know you've never heard anything like this on the radio. Do you have any questions? 855-450-3733. It's Mark. And Stephanie. On Free Talk Live. Bitcoins. You can buy them and you can sell them. They're a great little commodity. You can accept them for your own products and services. But what do you do once you have them? Why you spend them, of course. SpendBitcoins.com allows you to spend them all in one place. From SpendBitcoins.com, you can spend your Bitcoins at major online retailers such as Amazon, Fishpond, Barnes & Noble, memory dealers, and more. When you want to spend Bitcoins, go to SpendBitcoins.com. Eight fifty five four fifty free. It's the live Saturday edition of Free Talk Live. We are live seven days a week on Free Talk Live. We have somebody from seven p.m. to ten p.m. Usually two somebodies or three. Mm-hmm. 
taking your calls, talking to you about the issues of the day. And somebody spreading. good, too. <laughs> somebody competent. Oh, like yeah. That. It's not just, <laughs> just drag somebody in. <laughs> so Made watching, it sound like it was any old person. Yeah. <laughs> Get in here. Watch house this show, would you? <laughs> um, if you're listening to radio, in, fa- in fact, television, it's really difficult not to see some ads for gold and silver. Right now, as I speak, gold and silver have taken a dip. It is a great buying opportunity. Mm-hmm. I am, look, as a matter of fact, if I hadn't moved earlier in the week, uh, actually it was two weeks ago, uh, in purchasing some precious metals, actually I got some platinum because I think it's poised to move, move up to I would have gotten some gold and silver on this dip. I just don't have the money right now. And I have, you know, I've put a bunch of money in gold and silver as much as I can. Um, and I think you, I recommend it uh, to you too. Check out gold.freetalklive.com. There are common gold and silver pieces and coins that you can comparison shop with other places. I believe that you will find at gold.freetalklive.com some of the best prices on uh, gold and silver available on the internet. Whether you want it as a hedge against inflation, investment, or barter currency, it's gold.freetalklive.com. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to bring you some uh, great opportunities. Gold.freetalklive.com. Let's go to Ty in Tennessee. Ty? Hey, Mark. uh, Stephanie. Hey, I was listening to the podcast uh, from last night, and I'm a bit shocked. Uh, After hours and hours, countless hours, I really can't count how many hours of discussion on Free Talk Live about the evils of the state. Uh, I hear you say you favored a formation of a Palestinian state. Well, <laughs> um, I, I also f- uh, support the um, formation of uh, you know, the, the secession of states from the Union because I believe that as I, I believe in peaceful, nonviolent steps to personal governance and it seems to me that a Palestinian state is preferable to a single state. Do you believe a single state solution is better or uh, the two-state solution? I believe the solution as far as the foreign policy of the U.S. is concerned is to stop all foreign aid and quit meddling in other people's affairs. But the, but, but the United States is voting in the U.N. to prevent Palestinian state, the second Palestinian statehood, the second uh, state solution. I believe no, I that— I don't think they should prevent anything. I think they should stop foreign aid and stop meddling in other people's affairs. Fine. I, 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 I do agree, agree with, with the statement. I agree with you, too. I, I agree. agree with the statement. However, if you were to ask me to vote one way or the other what I prefer, I believe that a uh, two-state solution is preferable to a one-state solution. I don't think there is a free market, um, liberty, complete liberty option on the table in the you know the Sinai Peninsula area, you know uh, Israel and all that stuff. We we really don't have an option there anyway because it's not our place. It's not our. We do have area. some. We do have some power to swing what our uh, bureaucrats do, and I think you're right that the, really I don't think we do some like you know it's a pressure like an infinitesimal amount. It's, it's pressure. Well, we're at ninety five percent. Go ahead, Ty. I'm sorry. I was just I was just kind of amazed to hear that, but you know you're not the only one. I I actually listened to. Uh, Another podcast today, one of the anti-war radio podcasts, yeah. and I believe it was uh, Sheldon Richmond was on there from B, and he was actually for the formation of a Palestinian state. And I'm just going, wow, what happened? Did you know? Did the world fall off its axis? All these people who are are you know somewhat anarchist leaning are talking about 
wanting a Palestinian state. I, know, I am not an anarchist. I, I, I am against a monopoly. Um, I'm, a, I'm against a government that claims a monopoly privilege well, on a given landmass. That's why I said yeah. leaning. Mark. I just want to make it clear. I, I don't think that's a helpful term, and I don't like it associated with me. So I understand what you're saying. I'm just going to jump in and correct it. Okay. But I, I'm just saying these people who normally talk about living in a stateless world are advocating the formation of a state to solve a problem that's been caused because of meddling in that area. Ty, I don't even know that I advocate a state. I don't even know that I advocate a stateless world today. I think what I advocate for is the education of people um, through respect and dignity and love about the ideas of personal freedom. Because if they if there's no foundation, then all you have is exactly what people fear when they use the term anarchy. You have chaos, destruction, death. I don't think that that's going to be a particularly uh, well, you know pleasant isn't, situation. Isn't a state an organization that claims a monopoly on the use of, of, of violence and aggression? Yes, yeah. they just don't have it. They just don't have so it. Why, why would... Yeah, but I mean, why not advocate for the removal of all that? Immediately? Because I think that um, in its void, without people being properly educated on these ideas, that you're going to have you're going to have an initial period of chaos and and destruction that will result in the next guy coming along and setting up the next state. Well, there is no there is no uh, state demolition instant button. You know that's right. Yeah, there that's, isn't. All I there is is education, and that's what I'm doing. But even even putting out the idea that the formation of a new state is a good thing is actually, I think, moving in the wrong direction. Okay. Well, I you know, Ty, I mean, Ty. I think it's I, this, I think this is the split of a hair, really, because I don't know about that. Well, let me let me let me <laughs> jump in. Let me let me make my my case here. Getting the United States out of the solution um, as, as far as uh, Israel, since they're offering a veto in the UN against a Palestinian state, getting their, them out of the situation and advocating for no foreign aid to Israel and no, and I don't, I don't advocate any foreign aid to any country and advocating for, um, you know, leaving everybody alone uh, as far as, uh, you know, this diplomacy thing goes, is advocating for a Palestinian state. Well, I think that advocating for leaving people alone is not the same as advocating for a, for a state. Yeah, I okay. that, Ty, I completely, I, I agree with you, and I think this actually is an important point. I, I agree with you on both of your uh, ideas that you're expressing in this call, and I think that it's it never hurts to be idealistic, right? If we shoot for this, the uh, moon, we'll land among the stars. I right? think Ty's making a, an important distinction, but I mean, in like sort of the real live practical application of the two things is the same result. I don't know. <laughs> How, what the magnitude is of the meddling that has happened over there, mm. where people who normally wouldn't advocate for the formation of any state are actually advocating for the formation of a state. I'm, I'm yep. boggled. It's a complete I mess. Absolutely boggled. It, it is a total no, mess, Ty, and it's been, it was created, you know, the, the reason that the, there's this conflict in the first place, right, was because the creation of Israel kind of took up other people's land that they already exactly. owned. The creation of a state. Yes, exactly. But there was a state there That's already. Into there was already mess. a state there. Right, but they, they made another one. <laughs> just, just as the U.S. cannot solve its debt problems by getting more in debt 
you can't solve the problem caused in that area with the create of by the creation of a state by creating another state. There is essentially Ooh, no I state. Like it, there is. So, I, like no, I, I disagree at this point. I think that there's a, essentially no state in Palestine at this point, and Israel has usurped that state. Wait, what, area. Do you, what do you mean? There's, there's no essentially there's a, no state. There's a there. huge state. There's there, a, a police, an army. There's a, it's a total police state. The, 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 in the whole region. <laughs> only because um, Israel has stepped over the bounds that it had initially and taken over these areas of land. And, uh, you know, uh, trod upon these people's rights. So since the void of a state has resulted in the uh, state annexing that area. There's there's no void of a state. There is. Well, then it's. No, there's, there's, it, the, the problem is that the state called Israel is being completely unfair to the people who live there. That's, That's what it. states the do. Is a state. But creating another state is not going to solve the problem. Just as, like I said, spending more money is not going to cure a problem caused by debt. Creating another state is not going to cause cure a problem caused by the creation of a state. Okay. Yeah. This. Agree with I you, Ty. I, I don't. I, I don't. I, I don't know what the solution is. I don't have a principled answer to the solution. But I think that there is the lack of a state there, and that that has resulted in what they have. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. One of the biggest problems uh, the people face that advocate no state is another state coming in and taking over. My name is Jacob Hornberger. I'm president of the Future of Freedom Foundation, which Congressman Ron Paul awarded for having an outstanding freedom website. Write us at FFF at FFF.org, and we'll send you a free three-month subscription to our monthly journal of libertarian essays and our booklet, Economic Liberty in the Constitution, which George Mason University economics professor Walter Williams praised in a recent column. That's FFF at FFF.org. Free Talk Live, 855-453. I don't know why I'm giving out that number. We're not going to be able to slide anybody else in. we got the phones are uh, lit up here. It's Free Talk Live. Real quick, Ruger's new SR-40C is a compact version of the recoil-reducing striker-fired SR-40 pistol, one of the slimmest, most ergonomic, full-size 40 caliber pistols on the market today. The SR-40C is based on the same high-performance glass-filled nylon frame as those used on so many great Ruger pistols, including uh, the SR-40. The SR-40C features a throw-hardened stainless steel slide or alloy steel slide with Nitrodox Pro Black finish. You can go see it at Ruger.com and purchase it at your local gun dealer. Again, it's Ruger.com. Let's go to Cliff in Florida. Cliff? Cliff, can you hear me now? Can you hear me? Great. You're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind, Cliff? Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, giving a call about uh, a call that I heard earlier from Nick, actually, talking about, um, I guess he's having a hard time explaining to his father, you know, why the government can't be around. And actually, it kind of ties into uh, to Ty's question, Ty's uh, issue with uh, forming a Palestinian state. I would, uh, I would correct you on one term, Cliff, here. I don't believe sure. that people can do without government. I think that the, you know, they can do without the state, which is a monopoly, uh, an organization that claims a monopoly, not a, an organization that governs behavior. Go ahead. And, and that's what I wanted to get to, actually, is that okay, I, think, I think the issue is whenever that, that topic comes up, is to bring it back to again. I think you guys are right, uh, again. You know, I, I got the idea from you know more or less from you guys to begin with. But whenever they they go to the uh, you know what Palestine, so therefore X Y Z, 
you know, I say just um, point out the fact that it doesn't have to be a monopoly. That's the first part. It doesn't need to be attached to the land. That's the second part. You know, and, of course, you need to have, you know, market feedback. So, uh, you know, if uh, for whatever reason the state is doing something that you don't want, you should be able to just take your money out and go fund. Because really the state is just for protection. I mean, that's, my, that's, my, that's the reason why I see it around. That's, I, that's what people. That's what people believe government is. Government is an organization. You know, people people believe that government is an organization meant to protect you from bad people. And I but think we've that, shown. You know, it's been shown over and over again that the government really cannot serve that purpose. Really. I think it could if it was a monopoly. Um, if, if, it was not a monopoly. Yeah, if it was not a monopoly. If it was not a monopoly. Okay. Well, I mean, that's and the, the only way to to get it out of the monopoly phase is to marketize it, and the only way you can do that is is to be able to withdraw your money. So, in other words, I think you need more governments. I mean, I would I would have, I would I wish for a million governments on the planet, and you could choose which which government body you want to aside yourself with. And of course, these government bodies are gonna you know you know probably form you know other organizations alliances you know, within themselves sure. you know, that. You know, with certain governments are, you know, fall under this, this umbrella or that umbrella. And, and basically, it'll just give you the same kind of, you know, benefits that you get from having different types of stores around or different types of restaurants. You know, where, you know, tonight, I, you know, like for whatever reason, you know, for the, for the next year or for the next five years, I want to be with XYZ government because that's XYZ benefits with, for me to, uh, to be with them. And then I have to switch over to another government, which, you know, it could be, you know, cost less or cost more, but they have the services that I want. And, of course, I can fire them at any time. You know, and, and again, that's, I think that's, that's, the, that's the key right there is the ability to fire them. You know, and, and then, again, elections, you know, the key, you could have a government that has elections. That's just fine. You know, but so long as I can pay for a government that just hires, you know, from a board of governors or, or whatever. A council right. Of Freedom is the ability is. to say no thank you. And that's what it all comes down out. to. Appreciate it, Cliff. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Lauren and Madison. Lauren? Lauren, you're on Free Talk Live. Lauren going once. Lauren going twice. Put Lauren on hold. Alex in Madison, Wisconsin. Alex, you're on Free Talk (laughs) Uh, Live. What's on your mind? This isn't Madison. This is Fort Atkinson. Okay. So anyway, I I was going to talk about the um, EPA situation. Sure. What was on your mind about that? Um, Well, this couple wanted to build a house. On a wetland or near a wetland, right? It, well, right. Th- th- actually, there's two different claims here. The um... well, they they actually um, didn't know that their house was or their property that they had purchased to build a house on was on a wetland, and they were told by the EPA that they should have known. But when they tried to do some research on it, they tried to pull up the property in the wetlands registry, and it wasn't there. Right, and the claim is from the story that the land was is high and dry. So I mean, it's, and it's surrounded by other properties, so, right? And it's call, yeah. it's being called a wetland, but they're you know at this point the evidence is quite tenuous as to whether it really is or not. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I didn't I didn't get that part of the story, and I came in came in a bit late. Sure. No problem. So what, what do you have to say about people building on wetlands then? Um, I I had a I had a interesting conversation a few years ago, very similar with a friend who's very conservative, very a little anti-government. Um, my argument is basically this. If you're going to build anywhere near a water body area, there should be a certain amount of um, rules and regulations. Why more rules on areas of... Um, why, why more rules on bodies of water than rules on bodies of land? Well, this, this is just dealing, dealing with the water bodies. 
But no, but, um, but my question is to you. Everybody why, needs water. Wait, wait a second, Alex. What is the reason that there? Everybody needs land. They, you must live on it too. And uh, you know, land is attached to water. There's aquifers underneath. Why is it special? Why is a body, you know, like a a muddy piece of land, more special than a dry piece of land? If there's if there's a connection to water, it, it may it may have some connection to um, to a larger body of water. All lands connected. It's a big water, giant. Maybe an aquifer. You know, people I, need to drink. Yes, okay? I, I can and see Alex. There I can. Always, there are always people around that body of water or along that body of water. Should it be a river or a stream? And you, you have to consider those other people's rights. Sure, they sure you oh, yeah. do. Absolutely. Alex, if you pollute somebody uh, else's stream, that's important that you, you make reparations to them. So, you know, that's that's all I had to say. Again, I thanks for the I call. Came in a, a little bit late on the conversation. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Seems to me a body of land, body of water. I mean, you know, <laughs> well, you know, you gotta I, live somewhere. I, I think I can understand what he was saying because people... Water flows? Yes, people do need to drink and water sure. is connected and chemicals and pollutants can most, get into the water. Most of the supply. water that people drink comes um, if, if they drill wells um, in rural areas, and I suspect that's what we're talking about here. It comes from a deep water source, which really is in no way connected to surface water. Right. Uh, but, you know, you can argue that things can leach into the ground and get into the deep water supply. And I'm, I'm not the sure if that's dog true, but, here but, could but go Mark, and Mark, let me finish. <laughs> I'm trying to make a point here. I mean, I can I can see the desire to have people have clean drinking water. Sure. Right? And also for people to have property rights and have the ability to kind of exclude other people from polluting land that is theirs. The problem comes in when you use an organization like the EPA to enforce those kind of things, and they can do things like declare that people must pay a $37,000 fine per day if they don't plant a tree every 10 feet. But do you think that people shouldn't be able to live on muddy land? No. That's what he was saying. Alex was saying you can't live on muddy land because water flows, and you you are a dirty, polluting that. thing, Mark, and you will Mark, pollute. The, calm that's what I was down, saying. Geez. I was listening to the guy. I, I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you, Stephanie. We, we heard the same call, but we understood different things. I just saw I'm that he was about concerned water too. That he was concerned about people's the cleanliness of people's drinking. He was water. concerned about where you live. That's right. what he's concerned. He, he doesn't want you to live on muddy land. But he may not have understood the problems that come in when when what is wetland is decided by government. That's by the decree. problem with advocating for violence against your neighbor. Let's go to Lauren in Madison. <sighs> wow, Mark. <laughs> Hello. You are really on fire tonight. Lauren? Hello? 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 Hi. I was calling because, I mean, you guys are totally able to have your own opinions on things, but if you're going to have opinions on this stuff, you really need to get the facts right. Okay. Um, the first the first thing is that you guys say that there was already a state there when Israel came about. Yes. Actually, there wasn't. It was the Ottoman Empire. It and that's not a state, after- Lauren? No, it was not. Empires aren't states? World War I. They were conquered in World War One, and that land was annexed by the British. It was not a state. Well, uh, okay. So it, it was under the control Lauren, of the Lauren. government, though, right? <laughs> okay, Lauren. It was under the British, the control of the British. Mm-hmm. But it was, it, there was no particular state. There was, there was a, state a state there in the form of the Ottoman Empire. Empire, which is what I was referring to. The Ottoman Empire was an organization that claimed for itself the monopoly privilege over the rule of the area that is now called Israel. That would be defined as a state. Wouldn't you agree? Right, but that, 
but that land was lost in World War One. That you mean there was no state? What? How did the how, then, no, then the then the British? Okay, land. so is the British After government a state? Is the British government yeah, a state? But, yeah, but okay. you know, it, just because the British, you know, had control over it, doesn't mean that that's part of. It wasn't England. You're saying that that was part of England. If the okay, British this, said this it was, a, then it was, right? You know, Laura, this, this is a fine point. I, I kind of wonder if she had another one, but our show is pretty much yeah, over. Okay. So my second, my second thing was you got to show's over, Lauren. Sorry, I appreciate it. Yeah. Hey, you can call in. You can call in uh, tomorrow, tomorrow night, night, seven p.m. to ten p.m. Eastern time. We're on seven days a week. Uh, we certainly you can call in next Saturday, seven p.m. to ten p.m. And we're going to be on WXXM there. Eight five. Uh, that's it, uh, Mark and Stephanie. Free talk live. <laughs> 